0: Hey there, and welcome to episode three of Working a Refugee Crisis, Jordan. This is your host, Colin Campbell. I think I'm getting a little bit better at this, um, but, you know, let me know what you think. <laughs> so, um, today we have a really great interview with Lawrence Wild. Um, he spells his name L-O-R-E-N-Z. So I always want to say Lorenz or something when I read it, even though I know it's Lawrence, but it always throws me off a little bit. Um, <laughs> Lawrence um, is a close friend here in, here in Jordan um, of me and my wife. And so he yeah, him and his wife, um, Ale Alejandra, uh, arrived here in Amman uh, about a year ago um, for his new job with Mercy Corps, actually working with my wife's uh, agency. Um, he is the director of economic opportunities and market development, um, which is a big long title, but we get into it. Um, before that, senior economic technical advisor, also for Mercy Corps, uh, working in Africa and DC, um, and has a really cool story. But we're also friends, so I think we, we started off talking about foosball and uh, <laughs> about bars and a mod. Um, but right right off the uh, get go, and him his wife, when they arrived here. Um, we, you know, became close friends and they, would, you know, spontaneously come over sometimes and, and play with our baby, Alma, who was very small at that point, point. Um, and we've gone hiking with them. We just did a trip to Umkais for the weekend, um, do random things around Amman, obviously see, you know, see them at Mercy Corps functions, mutual friends, and, um, you know, just they're both really fun people. They both have an interesting Ale and Lawrence really interesting background, uh, well, I mean, I guess it's normal in this part of the world, but, uh, diverse. So, uh, uh, you know, Lawrence grew up in Austria, but then moved to Phoenix, Arizona, which is about, just about the opposite of Austria. And then went to, uh, Arizona for college, university, um, but then worked down in South America, some as well, met his wife, Ale, in DC. She's from Ecuador. Um, and so then, so he actually speaks German, English, and Spanish, and she speaks Spanish. Um, and they spent some time in Vienna, and then spent some time in Africa, and uh, both do interesting things. And uh, Lawrence has had a great story. He's a very fun guy to hang out with and to learn about, and very, uh, he's a little bit like me, kind of go with the flow, kind of spontaneous, open-minded to try new things and go to new places. Um, so anyways, I think the interview is really great, and Learn a lot about economic development activities and microfinancing and you know investing in development in the future of Jordan and um, the workforce here. So some really interesting programs and I, I learned a lot. So enjoy uh, episode three, the interview with Lawrence Wilde of Mercy Corps. And keep listening and let us know if you have other suggestions for the podcast or questions for people who we should interview. So reach out to us. Thank you so much. your first time playing foosball in jordan first time playing foosball in jordan
1: good experience
0: good experience yeah Mm -hmm. what'd you uh what'd you think of corners pub
1: nice good table
0: (laughs) man you're so descriptive today
1: yep i am am i not nice corners pub uh yeah. I mean it's funny that like Laid back place, uh, yeah. cool vibe, definitely a different crowd of Jordanians than many other places. yeah, uh, yeah foosball Table. Double those guys on. those guys are really nice we play with. Yeah. Jordanian guys yeah. lived in Germany. Yep, Germany. So. Yep. But
0: um it's just funny like how you know, finding a good foosball table or finding a good darts board is like a, a like a treasure hunt, you know, and you in Jordan you find it and you're like, yes, say please right. And they call the place, Hey, is the table out? Can you make sure that no one right. breaks it or throws it away accidentally or right. sells it for or
1: the, the <laughs> it's ball's like, lost. You're, you're,
0: yeah, right. like the ball's lost right. and no one can play for a year, you know. Until and they get a no Grease stuff. I know we gotta we gotta find out who like Oversees that table. There's got to be some like dominion guy. Right. Some you know. Jordan, lived in America for a while. Was in a fraternity, you know, and yeah. like has his own WD forty. He brings from the states, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the same time, it's uh, it's pretty fancy here, actually. Yeah. In, I mean
0: that that table. You're saying
1: no. Just in in, in Jordan in general.
0: In you mean Amman, the bars here in West
1: Amman? Let's just say. Well, it's fancy, so but it's
0: hard to find bars with games and stuff. Like that's not really yeah. cultural. Like even the no. British pubs here don't have dartboards. They don't have shuffle boards. Right. They don't have dartboards. They
1: don't have video, video games. I mean, there's like games, very few pool tables. Yeah. Amigo. You know, there's a. You know which place has a video game? Yeah. It's the uh, the uh, the Caracal place. Hmm. Uh, what's it called? Kegs. Hmm. They have in the second bar. They have one video game. Like an arcade game. Thanks. Arcade game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, um, give me the quick, quick scoop um, about your role and your organization, and your name.
1: Blah blah blah. <laughs> blah. Let's. Uh, I guess. Okay. I'm Lawrence. Lawrence. Uh, come on. You have a last name. Last name. You want last name? Huh. Okay. Lawrence Wild.
0: Wild, <laughs> wild and crazy. It's pretty good luck.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not complaining. Have you done
0: the hike? <laughs> you know the movie Wild, the Pacific Coast Trail. Have you?
1: No, but I saw the movie.
0: Yeah, and, and th- that feel... looks an
1: amazing, like an amazing hike. Yeah, yeah. Especially... I would love, and I love hiking, as you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I do know. This
0: is Colin again. I'm just butting in for a little snippet uh, post interview. Um, Reminder that uh, Lawrence as in all of our interviews here on the podcast um, is discussing his personal experience work experience his personal views personal story um, And does talk about Mercy Corps, but he does not represent the views, official views the official um, Stances of the Mercy Corps organization if you want to know more about what Mercy Corps does um, Please visit their website um.
1: Yeah, yeah, so uh, My name's Lawrence. I work for Mercy Corps just talk I to me, buddy. It. Just oh. talk to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know. What's your... What you, is know your in, you know how we met. What is... is it's is, is actually, we met... Like foosball? No. no. <laughs> um, we met because... Um, my honestly, wife works wife with worked you? Worked <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we worked together. Uh, and I think it was the first night that we got to Jordan. First or second night. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that uh, my wife and I came to Jordan. That we came to you guys' house think you're the first people that we met. Because okay. it was like,
0: it was Whitney, or there was a party, or we had a party There was something. some
1: party here, exactly. And it so was were like, really, oh, I just arrived. We just got here, exactly. So it was a really like, a nice welcome. And uh, of course, you know, we're bummed that you guys are leaving. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was my name. That's where I work. Organization. Mercy Organization. Um, and what is your role? What am I doing there? And what I'm, does that generally entail? We'll get back right. to that more later. Okay. But... And like you said, this is my opinion, and not Mercy Corps' opinion. Mm. I said that. Yeah, you did say that. <laughs> you said I, I should say that. So, <laughs> okay. So my my t- uh, I'm director for economic opportunities. Ooh. And what do I do? I. I so I came to Jordan about a year ago, mm. when there was a shift in the Jordan of government and, and donor focus on what type of. Aid, would you know, is needed in Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, and that shift is really still happening. So everything was in the first few years of the crisis focused around humanitarian aid, right. very much, uh, you know, the camps, UNICEF, UNHCR, NRC, kind of focusing on refugees. A lot of cash provisions, some, um, you know, non-food item provision, all that kind of very emergency, very emergency uh, focused. And then there was there was a shift with the Jordanian government and some of the other host countries that are hosting a lot of refugees. Uh, there's at the London conference and, and they were saying, Look, basically saying to the world, look, everyone, we're hosting these refugees. It's a huge cost to us. It's it's uh difficult in the case of Jordan, you know, taking on one point four million uh, refugees, uh, yeah. Lebanon one point six in the population in in Lebanon is even even million, smaller right. yeah, uh, somebody was I don't know I heard a statistic recently saying that uh, if the US took a, took on right. was it you? yeah maybe maybe it was you? 120
0: 100, 120 or million or 80 million I don't know what it is yeah. I,
1: we should actually check into it but it's, it's a huge no it number, would be right? I mean
0: it's, right now it's a third of their population yeah right so exactly yeah that would be America taking on you know yeah hundred over 100 million refugees like or something like that exactly on so, the spot right I mean how would we react you know it would be insane we, we couldn't handle it we couldn't handle the infrastructure so
1: yep or, and uh, anyway so with, with this shift uh, after the London conference where the, the Jordan compact which is part of the bigger kind of um, man you're getting regional. in the leaves early I like yes this. I mean this this is what we're supposed this to do right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the government of Jordan and and the donors uh, agreed that they're going to Support Jordan in, in, you know, financially. Also, I'm sure militarily and so on. Hmm. Uh, but at the same time, Jordan had to uh, meet some criteria requirements. There's also this World Bank loan, this 300 million dollar uh, World Bank concessional loan that is also. Who's that? From, that? The that's World also Bank for, loan to the yeah. government, right? It's There's also a... for the government of Jordan, and it has a certain number of milestones that the Jordan government needs to hit for, for them to receive tranches of the money. Mm. So it's, it's like an interest-free loan, which is not really interest-free, but there's a donor, DFID is paying the interest actually. Mm. And so for example, one of the things that uh, Jordan agreed to is to open up 200,000 work permits for Syrian refugees. Oh, is that
0: many? Okay. Yeah.
1: And the year, the year one, for 2016, the goal was, I think, 25,000 work permits and they've achieved that goal, so they, they, um, they got to a 30, 30, I think 37 or 38,000 work permits, that meant that they're able to get that tranche, that f- funding amount that was tied to that milestone. Mm. Um, so, and then there's other, there's a lot, there's other things uh, related to that, uh, like business environment, business policy reform, because the, the ease of doing business uh, is not, the World Bank ease of doing business index um, shows that Jordan is a pretty difficult place to do business as a, as a startup, as an entrepreneur, or as a small of business. Taxes
0: and bureaucracy. Everything. So there's mm, a certain I you know, know there's all I mean, sorts it makes of I've heard criteria. that, but I didn't know that it's like like it falls on what the back the bottom third of countries or something. Yeah, or, uh, the ranking, uh, ranking is
1: 118 out of 190. Mm. So it's I mean it's not the worst, but it's you know it's it's not that good. What would and the like, thing a, is a
0: Western country be or something in Europe?
1: Uh, I don't know. Okay. Have to look at the, have to look at the. I do hear that from you know, a lot of Jordanians
0: because yeah. I deal with you know business people and yeah. I hear that um, that like it's just the, the government's a real
1: pain and they take you know all these taxes. It is, but it's not just the government. But, I mean, everyone says that. I mean, any country. Any <laughs> country, exactly. And, so, and, but, and not being an entrepreneur anywhere is difficult. Access right. to finance as an entrepreneur is you know difficult no matter where you are. You are in, but there's a lot of things that the that the government can do to make it easier. Right. The or US, to encourage US. people exactly. to take the plunge and. Exactly. You know, like how many how many steps does it take to get registered and get all the the, the licenses and uh, maybe having a one stop shop? The U.S. has the Small Business Administration, so you can get a lot of free support if yeah. you're a small business owner, and you get all sorts of tax, you know, um, you know tax uh, preferences and so on. So, anyways, Sex. so with that, yeah, I know. So with that shift, uh, Mercer decided it's time to. Also start doing work in this area because globally Mercy Corps is doing a lot of work in economic opportunities and market development, but uh, uh, but the program really hasn't been focused around that here. Mm. So yeah, so I was working in Ethiopia before okay. with Mercy Corps. Well, let's
0: let's rewind. Okay, let's let's re- rewind the um, If the people are, if there's anyone actually listening, they'll probably get sick of dorky um but we try to mix you know make this fun and mix up the uh all the intensity of the NGO speak um right. anyways so yeah so give me the so how long have you been in the middle east i guess let's
1: start with that then almost a year okay so great
0: right. um so where are you from how did you get into this type of work like what attracted this career i mean what's your
1: okay yeah i'm originally from austria born in outside of vienna cool I uh, moved to the u.s when i was 11 and where'd you go
0: in the u.s again
1: it, i was in kentucky for the first two years lexington oh, right, kentucky right. which was a, a cool, huge then. shock because yeah. I, was, I was from vienna going to lexington kentucky it was a big shock <laughs> and then after two years we moved to arizona to phoenix phoenix arizona <laughs> yeah which and i i really liked arizona actually it's so hot uh, <laughs> it's very hot but it's, it's it's cool um there's scorpions and things but it's beautiful desert is beautiful um, the weather. Actually, I don't mind the heat. I, I, liked it. And then I, yeah, I like heat, I guess. the dry heat. Yeah. The dry heat. So I like Jordan. I like the dry oh, heat in Jordan. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so I was in I was in high school in Phoenix, and then I decided to go to University of Arizona. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Wildcats. Wildcats, of course, yeah. right? And decided to study business, doing marketing uh, as an undergrad. And Spanish, mm. um, and I was—I actually—I I started an arts minor because I was thinking I was going to do some graphics design work cool. with marketing, but I never finished that. Mm. And okay. during college, I was working for Red Bull, and and um, oh right,
0: right, yeah, Austrian company. <laughs> yeah, was that that's <laughs> very, was that because of your Austrian, or how did that come about? I don't, I don't about?
1: remember how I got into that. I think <laughs> I just, <laughs> I think I saw a job opening for Red Bull. I was like. Cool Austrian right. company. Right. Um, the only Austrian company it was,
0: people like know about. Exactly, you know, and about, you know a- average people.
1: Exactly, you know. and, and Red Bull, you know cool company doing all sorts yeah. of stuff and they were looking for a, for a campus rep of course yeah and the campus I rep understand. just has a, such a cool job because you just get free rebel you go around to a i know I, you used, to I used to work for rockstar
0: energy drink and i ran a campus rep thing, program right? why well, ran the program for the whole new england for all the college okay so i just give them cases and they you know exactly Squirtle, that stuff's expensive drinks it is right anyways uh, we'll keep going um but that's fun. So did you yeah, think well, undergrad? Did you were you thinking no no, 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 that no. you were going to work in this development work at all?
1: No, 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 no. I I actually had no idea about development uh, at that point. I was I was thinking, I was thinking about uh, just working in international business. Oh, Okay. Um, because
0: you you know you're born abroad and, you know, you always...
1: Yeah, and I and I I wanted to do marketing because I felt like I can still do something still something creative, right? Mm-hmm. It's not completely business and not like finance and things like that. But I could still be creative and it gives me a lot of flexibility, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then I worked for, after, uh, after I graduated, I worked for Red Bull as an account manager. Mm-hmm. And I, had, I actually hated it. Uh, and, and I applied to PhD programs and it didn't get in anywhere. So one of my professors was like, why don't you do an MBA program? Uh, so I applied to the MBA program. And, and I still wasn't thinking about doing international development work until the summer of uh between the first and the second year because there there was a new dean who brought a a program international development program to the to the MBA program. Yeah. And I got to sp- I got to work with this organ uh this Ecuadorian organic shrimp company with two other of my colleagues over the summer. Mm. And we ended up going down to Ecuador for 3 weeks and then but worked mostly from uh, from Arizona, and helped them to put together a strategy to enter the U.S. market. They oh, were already cool. selling in Europe, uh, but they wanted also to get into the U.S. market, so we did, you know, we helped them pick a name for their brand. But product. they were like,
0: were they like a social business, or just international No, business?
1: they were like a fam- small, medium-sized family-owned business. Oh, okay. um, but, so, yeah, so I, basically, it, uh, it was really good experience, and it it introduced me to the the field of you know international development specifically economic development right and I I came out I was like wow I can I can do I was always interested in doing something that has a social impact right so I never wanted to work for uh, a company you know oil company tobacco company or any or a company selling a product that doesn't have some type of social impact right and so after that experience yeah it was like wow i can I can do that I can combine things that that interest me you know something international traveling um learning about different cultures languages, and doing something with my degree
0: yeah and then so then what was your next step after the shrimp business so, the <laughs> <laughs> shrimp so there up. was
1: a there was a program <laughs> there was a program uh yeah you can you can get the shrimp actually in the u s Oh, yeah uh, what's it called they uh what was it i think they were um Ecuadorian Mangrove shrimp. Mangrove Bay. That's the brand name. That that's they, a good name. That's a good name, right? Yeah. Mangrove Bay organic shrimp. Cool. Organic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shrimp. Um, so yeah, no, there was a there was a program called MBA Enterprise Corps, which is now called MBAs without Borders. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Okay. Yeah, which which uh, it's like it's like a peace corps for MBAs. Um, they place you to work for one year. Uh, With a, with like an international, either a contractor or a nonprofit organization to work on a, uh, on a project, and you actually, I mean, you get monthly stipends, you know, you get everything paid, and you can defer your loans, and then you get a reentry stipend when you're done with it. So it was actually really cool, great experience, great way to get into the field. Yeah. And so I I went to Kyrgyzstan for a year. The, oh. the south of Kyrgyzstan in a, in a small town called Osh, O-S-H, oh. like Oshkosh-Bagash, but yeah. only, only Osh. the Osh, yeah. Yeah,
0: they forgot the Bagash. Yeah. And will we which organization? Oh, I was with
1: there with uh, this contractor called Pragma Corporation, which is implementing this USAID project, big regional project f- on enterprise development. Okay. So, you know, working with small and medium-sized enterprises, helping it. Almost, you know, providing consulting services to them, going in there, um, you know, seeing what are they doing, how can they improve their business, what do they have to do in marketing or finance or inventory management or product improvement or whatever, Uh, which is really interesting because we we worked with all sorts of small businesses. Uh, ice cream maker little supermarkets Uh, we worked with a toothbrush factory nice Uh, it was in Kyrgyzstan yeah I have so many stories from there like the the first three days like the first tell tell me one good story one good story well it was the first week I was there you do have to get to Jordan right the first week I was there we me and my colleagues we go visit this toothbrush factory actually this one wasn't a toothbrush this one uh, it used to be one of the Soviet Union's uh, television factories. Okay. You know, what they did is they, they uh, had everything produced and then shipped centrally to Moscow, and then they distributed it. Everything was centrally planned. Oh, okay. And then when the, in 1991, when the Soviet Union fell apart, most, almost all of the, the Russian uh, labor left and went back to Russia. So you had now you had the infrastructure, you had the machines, but you had nobody knew what they were, they were because there was no 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 engineers, you know, nobody at huh. at, at a higher level, right? There like was no sustainability. Management was left. gone, mm-hmm. exactly, and they had no idea about marketing because everything you just got an order from from right. Moscow, give us ten thousand televisions of A type or B type. You know, and that's it. So anyways, this factory was was now they, they were um, doing car molding. So it was, uh car park molding. Okay. Panels for like Daewoo or something like that. And they were they also started the water uh factory. So we went in there and I had no idea about you know I went there with my colleagues, really had no idea what the company was about. We were we were sitting with the uh the president or this company and suddenly, a TV crew, a local TV crew, comes into the meet in our meeting, and starts interviewing us. And they interview <laughs> me and ask me about the company and how they're doing. Yeah. All this I stuff. <laughs> you're, and you're trying know. to interview the CEO <laughs> right. to find out what he, what he's exactly. doing. Exactly.
0: And so, what did you do? Did you pretend like you knew, or did I you? Just said in I just And you were in, in, in English.
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I definitely didn't speak Russian at that point. So right. <laughs> I said something about the company I don't remember good company else. yeah exactly oh,
0: no more televisions but car <laughs> parts yes. yes that's did you learn any
1: Russian I learned a lot of Russian yeah really? uh it, good. It's, yep.
0: did you learn how to talk to the Russian mafia <laughs> all right we'll move on yeah, <laughs> okay um that's that's pretty funny um, and then yeah where did you go from there it's, it's a, that's it's trajectory. a pretty,
1: Yeah, no, it's a pretty long story. Um, after that, I was I jumped around a lot. I, I really, I didn't at that point really I didn't care about making money. The okay. really the first five years of my career, even after my MBA, I I, I had <coughs> uh, undergraduate uh, scholarships. I had scholarships for my MBA, so I didn't have any loans. Okay. And I, I didn't really care much about making money at that point. And I wanted to. What I wanted to do is travel a lot. I wanted to get a lot of experiences. Working for different types of entities, so you know there are contractors. There's international NGOs, local NGOs. There's social businesses. uh, Funding. There's home. Yeah. There's home office work. There's field work. You know. There's there's the World Bank, IMC. (coughs) The kind of the. There's and every everywhere you work. And we're going to interview someone from all of those
0: organizations. (laughs) No, all of them, but some of them.
1: Great. Yeah. So I wanted—I just wanted to find out what's it—what's it like? Because I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do, uh, and, and the sector is so—it's so big. Um, you know, there's international yeah. development is kind of a catch-all term, but it right. means so much. You know, humanitarian aid versus development, et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah. So totally. yeah, no, I—I I, so I—I I did. A, I worked for Chemonics for a year in Washington, D.C. So then, then you, so
0: from, Kyrgyzstan ended, and then you went to D.C. You're like, let's go to D.C. No, actually,
1: I got into a Ph.D. program. Oh. I went back to the U.S., started the Ph.D. program. After a semester, I realized I didn't want to do a Ph.D., so I quit. And then, um, and then I did, did a short, I did another volunteering, this is a short volunteering thing in Turkmenistan, which is really cool, though. Sweet. Um, really interesting country, kind of crazy. And, then I went to DC, worked for Kimmons for a year, also didn't like it. So I they're couldn't. like
0: a major contractor. They're um, the big, they're the, the biggest,
1: biggest USA contractor. They take they They're a billion. private company. They're for profit, yeah. but they do international development work, right. and they take about thirty percent of all USAID contracts. Yeah, they're huge. We're talking billions. I mean, they, they are a huge company. So, it was a good learning experience, but at the same time, wasn't the right fit for me. Yeah. Um, so, <coughs> I left there, and I went to work for a, a, a small local NGO in Colombia, in mm-hmm. Barranquilla, which is where Shakir is from. Of course, yeah, yeah. Of course. Everybody That's knows why me. you went there, right? Yes, I, actually, I, I had a secret dream like, I, that I, I was, like, imagining I would run into a, you know, in the street and somewhere. And then you and just start okay.
0: shaking your hips.
1: And and she, and she would fall madly <laughs> in love with me, yeah. yeah. So your cover
0: was that you're going down there to work for an NGO. Exactly. But your your real reason was <laughs> to secretly find Shakira. And, yes. Uh, although she's probably lives in LA by now. <laughs> probably lives yeah. in
1: Miami. You're or Miami, probably. right, right, yeah. exactly.
0: Exactly. <clears throat> That's cool though.
1: Yeah, so and the, the, this NGO is actually um yeah, small local NGO working on uh, working for for on on sports programs for kids. Mm-hmm um totally different totally different and like a lot of fun as well and then uh, I took some time off traveling in in South America um, and then I, and then I got contacted by the <clears throat> and I went so I went to Colombia with the or an organization called MBA MBA without borders oh okay right which was then bought by this or uh, NGO in DC called CZ, CDC Development Solutions which were, was running the MBA Enterprise Core program. They then changed the name to Pixera Global and then integrated both MBA programs and now it's just called MBAs Without Borders. Oh, cool. Anyways, yeah. back that's, story. That's, that's So funny. the guy, that's yeah.
0: Fun story of consolidation in the NGO. Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Thank so you, the, guy,
1: so the, the guy who started MBAs Without Borders, he's, he's a Canadian guy from Toronto and he ended up selling his ngo uh, and he's an entrepreneur himself he went and his dream was to or his idea his vision was to start a shoe company, a fair oh, trade right. shoe, company. So he, shoe company right so i i met him because it was through his ngo the mba's without borders that I went to colombia and then while i was traveling he reached out to me and he said look i need somebody to to help me start up this company in Ethiopia, I need somebody who, uh, you know, who I can trust, who who wants to go to Ethiopia, and I, but and, I don't, but he didn't won't want to charge live there, me, and won't charge me much money. Yeah, and like I said, I didn't care so much about making money, so I was like, you know, just same deal as MBAs without borders. Yeah, know, paid they pay the expenses and give me a, a stipend. But this was his right? company. It was his company. It was a startup. Yeah, right? So, but I mean, he, he didn't want to live
0: there. Well, He was going he to build it in the, in the West, in Canada.
1: Exactly, because he had to do all the fundraising for it, the, the, you know, the whole yeah. building the, the company <clears> and <throat> finding places to sell <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, the no, shoes. and so he needed. But he, at the same time, he needed somebody in Ethiopia. So I definitely agree, because I always had this... Uh, Ethiopia had always kind of piqued my imagination for some reason. I don't really know why, but it's mm. one of the countries that has always kind of fascinated me, yeah, yeah. even though I didn't know that much about it. Um, but it was pretty funny because I told them, look, I, I don't know anything about, and these are leather shoes, right? I don't know anything about Ethiopia. I've never been to Africa at that point. I don't know anything about shoes. I don't know anything about leather. Um, you know that. I'm ready right? to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, where, where's my plane ticket? <laughs> Right. So, and, but, the, but I, you know what? I do wear
0: shoes on a regular exactly, basis. Exactly. Some yes. days I wear shoes. <laughs> so hey, I, I got. I'm, start you know, I'm starting you know, somewhere,
1: right? My dream is not where... Like my my like my my best week of my life was yeah. when I spent a week in uh on, a, on a, this small fishing village island in Brazil, and I wore the only thing I wore for the whole week was swimming trunks no yeah. shoes no t-shirt it was it was like want, a dream yeah but if you want to do hiking if you want to do hiking then you probably shoes are helpful yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly they're helpful uh cool anyways so you're like I, I'm I really wanted to go because I yeah. thought this was really a great experience learning yeah. experience for me yeah mostly uh also a challenge um and so I went to Ethiopia and, and the thing is he didn't really know about making shoes uh, either right um but his parents had a, had a furniture company and upholstery. So there's still, you know, he kind of got some of the, yeah,
0: but they, there were, know, when they were, when they were go on yeah, we'll go make good, they were making shoes already and he had, or no, 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 nothing. So they he, just, but they just had leather, like they had a leather industry, right? That who did in Ethiopia? Oh, in Ethiopia? No, no. Yeah. They what? have a shoe industry that oh, right, actually. Okay, yeah. Right.
1: And that's the reason, part yeah. of the reason why they picked Ethiopia. Um, I mean, uh, you can look at the company, it's called Oliberte. So, yeah, Oliberte, right? cool. Yeah, w- we can put w- a link dot on dot there, Yeah, And you'll, you'll see all the, you know, the kind of the story behind the, the shoes. And it's, it's so, about, you
0: were, so how long were you there for then? I was there for about
1: a year. Just building that. In the first, first year. So yeah, we showed up, we had no contacts, nothing. The first two weeks we were there together, and you know, we were just trying to knock on people's doors, factories and these are there's some factories there that are making that have capacity machines to make like 200,000 pairs a day Wow! now they weren't definitely you know no 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 factories not no factories but these factories yeah. you know you have the capacity of the machines that can do that but then you're actually not making them right much. The people. but still these are there's some big factories there and then there's also some medium sized and then there's a lot of small ones and tiny ones yeah, man. But cool. and they have they have tanneries there. They have tons of leather because they have the biggest yeah. livestock population. Oh right. right. Uh, in Africa, huh. is in Ethiopia. So so, uh, so yeah. they had they had all that stuff there. But um, it ended up being probably the most difficult thing that I had ever done. Okay. Extremely stressful, but extremely rewarding as well. And um, and
0: then did you after like a year did you quit or you said I got to get out and do something no, different?
1: No, that well the idea was that I would start it up and hire a local team. Oh right. And then everything would go over to the local team. So that was the plan from the beginning. Um, and the, the probably the best de- decision that I made is hiring this one guy uh, who's a shoe expert, and he's he took over and he's still he's now running the whole show. Yeah. He runs the whole show, and they they grew from I mean, it was him, and then we hired <coughs> we hired two full time staff when I was there, uh, and two part time staff, and now they have their own factory. They have I think 130 full time staff. They're fair trade certified. You know they're selling so in cool. the US. All right, that's I'm, so. Cool. I'm wearing the shoes.
0: So the oh yeah, that's a pair. Cool. Yeah. I don't know who's seen you. Oh, sweet. All right. So then then you so then from there you went back to DC or where? Then
1: I went back to Austria. Oh. Uh, because I thought, you know what, let me let me connect back with my my family. I mean, most of my family lives in Austria, and I see them, you know, in the summers or when I fly over yeah. there. But um, so I went to Austria, and it after eight months of of not being able to find a job there because there's no there's no international development scene there yeah, at all. Yeah. Uh, I got really frustrated. I ran out of money. <laughs> And with my, last, with my last money, I, 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 I uh, flew, I bought a ticket to fly back to D.C. And I was staying with a friend there. And I was just hitting the streets, networking, uh, and really quickly got interviews, a couple job offers. Um, and so then I ended up going to, I had a short assignment in Niger. I was there for about two months, or two and a half months. And then uh, when I came back, I started full-time at this small NGO. Uh, that that was, that was managing uh, called Vega, Vega Volunteers right. for Economic Growth Alliance that managed uh, USA, the USA Leader with the Associate Award it's cool. Would you probably yeah anyway so cool. that that brought me to DC met my my future wife there yeah actually the first month speaking yep, Spanish speaking Spanish
0: with her, I mean, because she's yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: but she wait, Ecuador, yeah. she's Ecuador, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she's and you'd already been there, and exactly, yeah, it's so, so cool, exactly.
0: And then yeah. you worked for Vega for like four years <laughs> or something, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, like four years. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then what took you to uh, to Mercy Corps, and then and then
1: and then Mercy Corps? And then Mercy Corps, yeah. And so how did yeah how did how, you come did, how to did that happen? Um, at uh, there was this conference called SEEP conference. Um, I forget what the acronym stands for. And I met, I met um, a Mercy Corps person there. I actually, I met, at, at a number of conferences, I met some Mercy right, Corps people. Right, right. And when I was looking to, to change jobs, because when uh, I was at Vega, the, when my wife and I got married, we quit our jobs. Yep, and we, it's a good plan. Yep, and we... Never we yeah, right when you're spending a ton of money for your wedding, for you right. your job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, in the U.S., you only get, like, two weeks off. And we wanted to do it right, so... Uh, we wanted to take our time. Honeymoon, so, right? Honeymoon. Yeah, yeah, we went. We did. We did safari in Kenya, and then we stayed for for two or three weeks in Lamu Island in Kenya, mm. which is amazing. It's like a tiny zanzibar, <laughs> and then we went to uh, Ecuador for two months. And all our friends came, and we had this amazing wedding. And we went to the um, Galapagos Islands mm. for a honeymoon. Mm-hmm. It's it pretty it, then we cool. Came back. Yeah. We're all
0: jealous, Lawrence, but this podcast is not about your it's wedding not, and oh, your okay. honeymoon. <laughs> oh, <cool. laughs> all right. So then, but Mercy Corps and how did, how, right. did you get so to, then, how did you get to Jordan? I mean, did you Jordan, choose uh, Jordan or did they choose one place you here?
1: Well, I started in, in Ethiopia right. with Mercy Corps.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so I was in Ethiopia, um, but I could never get a residence permit. I was there for about a year. So I was coming, just coming in and out. Uh, in, work, on, in what?
0: In similar economic development? That's yeah, how? yeah,
1: it was it was one really big USAID project, hmm. uh, working on mostly the kind of the livestock sector, alternative livelihoods. Uh, so I, I was the senior economic dev- uh, senior economic something advisor uh, for the project, and then the the country director in Ethiopia. He went to Jordan. My my boss left, ended up going somewhere else. And so then the uh, then country director Dominic he asked me to come if he asked me if I could come to Jordan for a week to do a financial sector assessment for a big pr- uh, proposal.
0: Cool. So that's how it so started. That's
1: how it started. So I came here for a week and and that was it. I mean that was kind of very quick mostly here in Amman meeting with banks and MFIs and things like that. MFIs. Microfinance institutions. Institute. Yeah. Yeah. Love <laughs> yeah, those acronyms. Exactly. Sorry about that. No, that's cool. Um, and then, um, you know, the, the situation was getting really tough because of visas. The, the business visa in Ethiopia for non, for NGO workers, they reduced it from three months to one month and then to 20 days. So I was going in there for like 20 days at a time and then I was right. in, in the U.S. or, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. And, you know, so. And we you were trying
0: to be. Married at this point. Exactly. (laughs)
1: Exactly. My wife was in the UK doing her masters. It was kind of, uh, it was kind of crazy, and so I was looking for other places, but really like Mercy Corps because Mercy Corps is really cool organization, great people, uh, really dedicated to market systems development and this this market based approach, which is what really attracted me to to Mercy Corps in the first place. Mm -hmm. And and then I saw you know uh, an opportunity come up in Jordan and applied. And it was the, you know, the country director, same country director who brought me to Ethiopia, right. Dominic, who, who then ended up bringing me here to Jordan. Mm-hmm. And he then left, by the way. Right. He went over to the Syria program.
0: Yep. And um, so you, so they kind of brought you in, you came to the role. Um, and um, we'll get to your role in a sec, but how do you, how do you, how do you like Jordan? Like, um, what do you like here? Is, what, is Jordan what you expected? Middle East? This is your first time living in the Middle East, it is. obviously. And yeah, then you yeah. traveled the a year before. But.
1: Exactly. I was here just for that week in, in November, about a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, I really didn't know what to expect. I think I'm sure it was very different than, than I expected, actually. yeah, is Because I was in Ethiopia before, I think the experience was different than a lot of other people that, that are... I think like you guys coming from Beirut, for example, yeah. you come to Oman and it seems very slow and boring and yeah and well, and, and, and if in you're coming, some ways but not yeah and no, if you're coming no, no. from DC and Europe you come here and you know you see a lot of trash and you know yeah if, coming from Ethiopia from Addis right it's like uh, luxury you know yeah I mean, well we West Oman really is I mean West Taj Mahal well, yeah, I mean, the infrastructure here yeah. I mean the, the road roads, system's good internet the is amazing. Internet's oh, uh, amazing, yeah. Electricity is always here, even though it's yeah. And it's so subsidized. for but coming so, from, from Beirut, food. for
0: us yeah. that stuff is way better, right? Because Beirut's really fun. Internet in Beirut is terrible, horrible. It's yeah. so depressing. Yeah, right. you can't watch a three minute YouTube clip. <laughs> right. <laughs> Skype with your right. family. Your family's like, do you still love us? Right. Like, well, we could if the internet would would work. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, anyways, um, interesting. Yeah, so that's interesting comparison. So it's in that respect. You, are you surprised at how nice Amman or at least West yeah, Amman definitely. is, and Jordan and modern? It was, and yeah. Money. So
1: we, we got everything and because coming from Ethiopia, everything was. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of expats in in Ethiopia and Addis too, but it's also a different vibe here. I feel like in in it was very difficult to make connections in Addis. Mm. Here it was very easy. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, everything was you know. The, there's not a million people walking on the road um, that you have to be careful of. Here. Yeah, it, it's very calm and quiet. Um, you know, pretty clean. Like I said, uh, the roads are nice. Um,
0: well, what is what is challenging living here for you?
1: Uh, you know, I actually, it's not that challenging. <laughs> 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 I know it's not, <laughs> but it's, it's, not, very, it's, like, not, it's not that challenging. Yeah. I mean, I I do miss what I do miss is uh, kind of a walkable city. Mm, yeah, you know, walkable yes. city city with parks. Um, I mean, DC for example, with, yeah. where you can get around on your bike, public transportation. Moved yeah, here from big Boston. Big green spaces, public place. green spaces where you can hang out and meet mm. people. Grass, grass, real grass. Things things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it has it has amazing history, and we love. Uh, leaving Amman, it was so easy. You know, drive an hour, two hours, and, and you, you're you somewhere, right? Uh, and there's there's good food, restaurants, there's really great ancient history here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love the Roman land. And, and you guys land. go hiking,
0: yeah. like, every weekend. All the wadis. We watties. do a lot of hiking. Yeah, how like many of the? So there's like 200... Well, explain to people what wadis are. <laughs> how many <laughs> of them are there, and how many of yeah. you hiked? I,
1: I don't know how many. There's probably well wilds, i've heard there. probably millions of wilds, well i mean like, like ones there's ones official nice. ones that you yeah.
0: can actually hike that are why these
1: are yeah canyons that um some of them have streams especially the ones around the dead sea have st- uh you know water running water well, streams, well, swimming sections waterfalls. Well, yeah and stuff, some yeah, of yeah, them okay, you need so. to repelling climbing equipment other ones you can just kind of hike in and out um yeah there's there's some that are really long and you know <laughs> uh, and some that are, are really options, easy they're really easy but uh yeah and, and and i think wadis have always played an important part in in i don't know the uh, the culture Whoa. because there's so many that have names yeah and i think it's because they have water in them and people go and water their sheep there yeah. they're animals so they have to know the the name of them or they get water
0: for agriculture. Or, or water, water for agriculture. Or now they exactly. pull, they pull water now. out for the hotels.
1: It's even now. I think that the last hike we did, you know, you go down there, you take a break, and suddenly you have a herd of 200 sheep come down from the mountainside that it looks like there's no way to come down. Suddenly there's this huge herd of sheep coming down to get a drink of water. Our
0: baby was very surprised. Yes. <laughs> How many different wine's have you hiked? Yeah.
1: We've probably done, I don't know, not that many. I mean, we've probably done like 15 different ones? That's, that's pretty impressive. Pretty good? Yeah. 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 I mean, you've done a couple of and
0: Yeah. And then other trips around. Yeah. Yeah, no, you guys really, you do get, you get out and you, uh, I'm always impressed you guys are getting utilized. It's Jordan. easier without a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but also it's like, there is just, there is a good outdoors culture here. It's still kind of like, it's kind of niche. I mean, you, you like, you have to kind of look for it a little bit, but yeah. if you do, there's there's maps there's trails and there's some guides and there's yeah, groups there's people a, that like to go and there's exactly there's, and there's uh, opportunities there's and, some yeah it's not huge there's but companies right
1: there's some companies like tropical desert yeah, yeah. and and they're kind of the best one I think yeah and good. then there's some hiking groups and then the Jordan out, right?
0: group the wild Jordan, the like wild the, Jordan which group, is the government right. conservation yeah 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 right. they do a good job yeah and then the eco lodges and right all that jazz um all right, so let's talk a little bit about your job. Um, it's What is the actual title again?
1: Director of Economic Opportunities Div- and Market Development. Director of Economic Opportunities and Market yeah.
0: Development. So what is your day-to-day like? That's something I always like to learn
1: about. Uh, my day-to-day is uh, actually a lot, of, a lot of time in front of the computer in, and in meetings, honestly. <laughs> uh, I don't actually get out to the field very much because I'm too busy.
0: Mm. Is that frustrating? Uh,
1: um no I mean it's it's really it's really about the field teams the project managers the coordinators the field officers that that are going out in the field. Um, but I, you're you know, I don't you're speak coordinating. Arab, them. I don't speak Arabic. Yeah, i right. Yeah, I don't speak Arabic, so it's not that useful. I go out, you know, when when I can. Hmm. Um, or but what I, are
0: you I'm actually there. doing? Like, what are your teams doing day to day? I would say, word. well,
1: if, if I. The way I break down, the way I think about my job is kind of four four main things. Uh, one thing is building relationships, building relationships with donors, with government of Jordan, with other uh, NGOs or en- agencies, potential partners, private sector partners uh, that we may want to partner with in some way. So it's about the relationship building in that way. Um, the second thing that I'm doing is looking for new business. So, you know, we're trying to grow a program. So it's about responding to tenders, requests for proposals, writing concept notes, coming up with I- new ideas of what's needed in Jordan. What? How can we help uh, people, you know, get employed, increase their incomes, improve their situation in some way.
0: But are you, are you um, also doing loan, microfinance loans and, and stuff like that too, or no? Or is it more just training and...
1: Uh, we have, well, the way that, ideally, the way that we would like to approach it is, is working with banks. The, what I mentioned before is market, this market systems development approach, right? Yeah. It's really about not doing anything directly. The NGO, you know, as an NGO, we shouldn't take on the role of a market actor. As a bank, yeah. Exactly. So uh, we try to facilitate some type of action. So it, in this case, it would be working with microfinance uh Institute to introduce a new loan product or improve a loan product or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. we're not, we're not actually, we're, we're starting a new project by USAID where we're going to, that has a big access to finance component. Um, we have a couple of projects where we're going to be providing, uh, support to Syrian women that have home-based businesses where we're giving them a small, uh, grant. Oh, cool. Like for a business startup um We have a, another a couple Is of. That other, the
0: mushroom one, the didn't like. Right? No,
1: no, we we're carrots.
0: What was that one? Was it's a mushrooms. good. It's a good story. Yeah, yeah the mushroom. Part.
1: Yeah, it's a good story. Yeah, yeah. um you know somebody who started growing mushrooms and selling them, and, and there's legal, like healthy, you know, exactly. You eat the mushrooms
0: you eat with your meals, and like in our house, right? And you, yeah, and, and then and you it. can
1: yeah, and then you know, getting getting. uh uh, registered and being able to sell those to hotels and and other places, which is, which is rare because, um, you know, I was talking to one of the hotel owners, uh, who the general manager of Kempinski hotel, um, who is a, who went to school with my cousin in Austria and they're, they're friends. He just happened to be here in, in Amman. So, uh, so we met up during, um, I. I host a private sector development social network. Ooh. So we do. So I organize uh, once a month. We we'll go out. The group goes out to like a restaurant or a bar, and I usually get a speaker. So I had the owner of the Kempinski Hotel speak
0: at the bar. You get a speaker to speak at the bar.
1: Yeah, it's a inf- very informal. Right. There right. Uh, oh, that's cool. I didn't, yeah. yeah. So, so they were talking. You know, I, they were talking about that actually a lot of the food that hotels serve to customers is imported. Yeah. Um, Well, a lot of, in Jordan in general. In general. A lot of food is imported. A lot of food is imported, right. But even things like, um, he was saying lamb, lamb from, I don't know, it was New Zealand or Brazil, because you can't find the, you know, the quality, consistent supply, etc. So there's a mismatch. You have, you know, you have, I mean, Jordan is in such a difficult situation economically, I don't know, I can, I can kind of go off on that, <laughs> like all the challenges that Jordan has as a country Yeah. uh, to, so I think, you know, no, you can
0: tell me a bit, tell me about that. Yeah.
1: I me. mean, you know, j- historically Jordan has always been a trading, you know, country of traders, right? People are coming through because it's a kind of an, a crossroads between, th- you know, different continents, um, and that's still 98% of GDP is based on imports and exports here. And that's crazy. you have, you know, you have very limited resources. You don't have much water. You don't have any energy. 98% of, of electricity is, is imported. That, basically. yeah, I've heard of that. Or energy 98%. is imported. 98%? Yeah, mm. it's huge. From where? Uh, a lot of it is, is oil from Saudi Arabia. Ugh. Oil and gas, I believe. Right. Um, and so you have, and now with uh, um, and now with the, the borders closed, uh, the main trading partners, Syria and Iraq, you know, those borders, you know, that trade has stopped. So the whole transport industry has fallen down. You have Egypt, which is huge. Uh, their currencies right now, you know, are the last 10 years on a dive. So you have very cheap labor, very cheap products, much bigger country. So what is Jordan is kind of in a really tough situation because they're not they can't process anything that they want to process here like an agricultural good. First of all, they don't have much water um, then to grow it or to process it. You need electricity. So it's costly. Plus, it's a in middle income country. So people's salaries are higher. so You're not saving on on labor. So how can you compete? So you have much more. You know, that's why you have so much import because yeah. it's much cheaper. But it doesn't help the economy. It's um, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, they're in a tough situation. But the one thing or not the one thing, but one of the things that Jordan does have is a stability. Hmm. And that's why when you when you sometimes you don't. You see the, the the government making certain decisions like keeping subsidies for water or electricity or keeping olive oil, you know, setting olive oil prices, <laughs> things like that is because they're they're kind of balancing. They're saying, OK, do we want to? Wh- how is this decision going to affect the stability of the country? Right. Because what they don't want is tensions in the community to keep rising. There's already, you know, more than more than like eighty percent of all refugees are in the communities. Right. They're yeah. using resources, so you have rent prices going up, labor rates going down, schools are you know overfilled, health centers are overfilled. There's already tensions in the community, so Jordan wants to keep those tensions at a minimum. So you see a lot of decisions being made to keep. The country stable because because and because of that, that yeah. you you yeah. do have a lot of the re- wealth from the region in jordan now they're not doing anything with that wealth unfortunately yeah. they're parking it here <laughs> like uh you know the, the 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 wealthy iraqis are in are in jordan um so that's a question how you unlock the wealth and, and get them to invest here and gonna right. stimulate the economy but anyways that's the one thing that uh, Jordan does have. So you, you see a lot of the the decision making based on that factor of yeah. stability.
0: Right. Well, I mean, it's, and it's a huge priority for, especially for USAID, <laughs> USAID yeah. and American right. state department, they keeping Jordan stable and, right. you know, fighting, you know, and keeping um, terrorism out of, out of Jordan as much as yeah. possible, obviously, and, and whatnot. Um,
1: Oh, so I was. That was the second thing I was doing. right? Yeah. So the one thing, building relationships. The second thing, oh, bringing right. in new business. You know, writing concept notes, proposals for new donors, business, new new funding, new from, projects, new funding. Yeah, right? Okay, funny. Agency. Um, the, the third thing is, um, you know, getting the right, getting the right team in place. So recruiting the right people, and uh, and making sure that they have the they have the train that you know they have the resources so they can do their job.
0: Do most of the people you're recruiting have like a private sector background in Jordan, like in, is the banking or business that they're trying to then apply to? Uh,
1: it depends on the project, mm. uh, but I definitely, yeah. I mean, it's definitely for the, the project manager positions, especially for the projects where we cause we have some projects that's, that are really protection, cash, early economic recovery where that's less important. Mm. Uh, but yes. Yeah. People that have an understanding, maybe a business degree, or have worked, were an entrepreneur themselves. That's a really big plus.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's amazing. What um so, and how and so that those are the four things, right? Did I miss yeah. one? Okay, yeah. So how does your work affect like the obviously Jordanians, but also say Syrians and maybe other refugees and even the foreigners involved? Like how does that? How do you balance that and how does it? You know, how do you divide
1: it up and things right? Like that? Um. Well, we always um, we always our projects are always targeting both Jordanians and Syrians. Okay. And there's somewhat of a unwritten rule of the you know seventy percent Syrian, thirty percent Jordanian, um, which okay interesting. Yeah, which is what the government wants to see. So every project that you that you want to implement in the country that affects Syrians at all has to be approved by MOPIC, which is the Ministry of Planning and, and interior or something. Mopic Mopic. Um, so if you're not also supporting Jordanians, Local or Jordanians communities in as well. some way, then they're not going to improve your project. Right. Um, and again, another reason is the contentions in the community, because if right. you're going in a community, uh, and you're only supporting Syrians, then you're going to get a lot of pushback. From the locals, and that can raise the tensions in the community, which the government doesn't want. So right. there's always that. Um, we're really focusing, yeah, vulnerable Jordanians and and Syrians. We're putting together a proposal right now that would include also Palestinians. Okay. But right now, I think it's only uh, one of the, one UN organization, UNRWA, that right. does that does that. Stuff. Yeah, that does work on on supporting Palestinians still. Um, and then, yeah, it just depends on what the donor wants, if they want you to focus on youth or women or, um, you know, people with disabilities or, Mm -hmm. or whatever. But right now,
0: what are your programs mainly focused on?
1: Um, mainly, most of our programs right now are, are focused on youth, uh, Syrian, Jordanian youth, and then also most of our programs are in Irbid and Mafraq.
0: The Euro programs. The yeah, in the two
1: governorates in the north. And the main reasons for that is that those two governorates have the most refugees, mm-hmm. um, except for Amman. Amman has the most refu- Syrian refugees out of all governorates. Oh, okay. And then after that is here with the and But Mercy Corps is not working in Oman. Right.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, Amman, obviously, is yeah. a lot going on here. East Amman. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now do you th- would you say that you're effective at your job and at the at, um, and what would you wish you could kind of do better or what would you know what makes your job difficult say working yeah. in Jordan or... the,
1: the, um, not having I mean the two biggest things is not having enough time um, and and getting good talented people okay I mean that's it's really difficult to find really good people and partly it's because they haven't there hasn't just there hasn't been much work on economic development before, like I was saying. So you don't have a big pool of, of people with that experience to uh to recruit from. Um and then also because we wanna we wanna find people that have some private sector experience, their salaries are usually much higher than our salary scale. So I mean, oh, it's, right. it's really tough to find good. And people. locals
0: obviously have a lower salary scale than expats, which is already
1: Exactly. Expensive. But we have I mean like most, we have almost two hundred staff, and we have like seven expats. With okay. your but
0: programs it, alone, or no, like Mercy for a, Corps. Mercy Corps, Jordan. Right. Oh yeah, because exactly. it's like yeah. it has to be like less than ten percent. Yeah, I'm, I'm for
1: so I managing the pillar. I'm the only expat. All the other project managers, coordinators, all in our pillar. We have about thirty staff right now. They're all locals. Oh, cool. Uh, so that would be the and biggest some of them challenge. live
0: and they they live uh, out in the communities mainly, or do they live in Amman no, and they travel almost, out there?
1: Almost all of them um, are in the office in Amman and then go out during the day and come back. Mm. We have one project that's actually in my portfolio where we have two small uh, centers uh, where we're partners with uh, local organizations, uh, local CBOs, community based organizations mm. where we have um, a team of of 16 total mm. out in Irving the Mafra as well. That's cool. Man. Yeah. Keeps you keeps you busy. Yeah.
0: Um, But, uh, you know, what do you, what do you kind of wish would help you, say you do your job better or like, Oh yeah. So we, so there's
1: so, there's so much money coming in right now, um, to Jordan, especially around jobs, livelihoods, economic opportunities. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really crazy. Everybody's, you know, everybody's starting a new project, you know, every month there's new projects. Uh, there's tons of new funding opportunities, so we've done a good job in getting new projects started. Um, so when I when I came on, we had one project. Now we have like seven. When I came started, we had like four staff. Now we're gonna have like thirty. Whoa! So it's been wow. So it's been really cool, but but uh, the the effect that it has, one, it doesn't allow me to spend as much time on supporting the project technically. Which is tough because I'm, you know, um, especially because we're doing, uh, you know, market systems approach is completely new to the staff. So, getting people trained, me providing the technical support, and then I'd really like like to spend a lot more time in in uh, creating partnerships w- with private sector and 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 really creating um, for for Mercy Corps a unique position. I mean, we, because there's so many other NGOs doing you know, similar type work around home, kind of the home based business level, right. and cash, and things like that. So when our strategy for Mercy Corps, we really want to focus on small and medium sized enterprises. We want to focus on public private partnerships. Um, we want to work for, you know, we want to be innovative, we work in the tech sector, uh, hmm. do something that's new and unique and different than the other NGOs that are out there. Okay, so. And that it just takes time, you know, right. creating partnerships, um, and and I just don't have enough time to do that. So like, <laughs> it would be really great if, and that's my favorite thing to do too, to come up with with um, with new ideas and, and concepts and, and create partnerships. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: interesting. What um, so what do you see for the future of your job and your programs, and what do you hope for uh, growth or changes or how big am I get and things like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I right now we have, I mean, obviously, ideally bigger projects that are longer, more kind of longer term, um, which is something that's actually it's happening already, uh, where we have a a project, a couple of projects that are starting up with three year projects, so with with uh, three year projects you can really start, you know, you can start. Kind of taking a longer term approach, right? And building and working with. Yes, yeah, because the partners, one year projects right? that's tough. One year, exactly. Like, Anything shorter than that, so um, yeah. I mean, bigger budgets would be great. <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited. What about new ideas and trying to be innovative? Um, yeah. And and create like I said, creating a, a unique space for Mercy Corps uh, and getting. You know, getting a name for us. We have a we have a meet Sunday morning meeting. Um, and that how we start the meeting every time is we uh, somebody reads our vision and our objective. And our vision is like uh, you know something like uh, a prosperous Jordan that creates jobs and you know economic opportunities for people so they can increase their income <coughs> and be resilient to the you know. Natural resource uh, um, crises and 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 potential political and and uh, reach other regional crises, and the objective for this year is that we want to be we want Mercy Corps really to be the seen as the leading NGO in, in economic and market development type work mm-hmm. um, within the kind of the the international NGO group here in jordan so that's kind of what so you put wondered. you're putting
0: the rest of the ngos on notice is that the uh is that what you're doing right <laughs> right? yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking this over guys so that's cool i mean it's good to have yeah, goals it's, and it's good to have spe- a special you know expertise in something um as well you know
1: yeah and it's uh, one of the things that uh, like i said mercy Corps approach market-based approach um is something that actually we're advocating for. There's, there's various livelihoods working groups with UNHCR and the Jordan INGO forum and, and so mm-hmm. on. But it, one of the things that I'm trying to do in all, all the meetings is get other NGOs to sign on to this approach because what, if you're, if you don't do that a lot and and what has happened in the past, even when you're doing emergencies, um, let's say you're providing, you know, you're dropping uh, a bunch of blankets for people that may need them. Well, maybe they're in the town, maybe in another region that wasn't hit by the, the disaster, they have blanket sales people. Right. Um, they have a blanket so factory. And blanket now they factory. can't sell any blankets because all of exactly. that was free coming from America. You <laughs> and they, so they got a business right. and then a year later when everything's back, then then they have to import blankets from China because there's no blanket company anymore. Right. Uh, yeah, the mean,
0: classic. That's the classic. Exactly. But you'd be surprised that, you that know, still, still
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. What's, oh, man. Um, what, do you, what do you, I mean, this is a broad question, but what do you think will happen with the Syria crisis um, and debate, development and aid industries in this region? Like, in the, say the next five years, like, do you see right. any big trends? Kind of, you know, broadly yeah, quickly mean, or what I mean, do you really like, or? who
1: knows. I mean Syria obviously is, is a big question mark. But right. um, you yeah. know, it could that could change so quickly. Um, and and if Syria if that situation is um, is safe enough for people to go back, people will probably go back and then a lot of money will be spent on the reconstruction of Syria, which means most of the money for Development will leave Jordan, mm. except maybe for kind of longer-term development type programs. So, um, I would say, yeah, I mean, there's definitely NGOs, uh, NGOs that are only focusing on humanitarian work. They, uh, you That's know, gonna, yeah. their days are numbered. Here. But it
0: could, I mean, it could be enough, another ten years or more. You never know. Yeah, average civil could war is fifteen years, and we're in year six, right? Exactly. A,
1: but then. <laughs> You still shouldn't have humanitarian <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right, right, uh, emergency programs for 10, 20 years. Right, I, know.
0: <laughs> I, know. It's, uh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Now, what do you think about the changing language kind of priorities and, say, budgets from the West, i.e. Uh, Trump's or, uh, administration? Um, how will that affect your work and the work in this country in general?
1: Um, I For me, I don't think it's going to affect... It's not going to affect me very much. Um, okay. As far as I understand from, from USAID here, they're not expecting much of a budget cut for their program. I think uh, Jordan is a very high priority country for the U.S. You know, they're building, they have one of the biggest USAID budgets. Right. Um, I don't think they have very much climate change funding, which is one of the areas within USAID that's, going, that's supposed to be cut big right. time. Uh, but then there's this big budget process anyway, so you know those, all of those cuts are not going to go through. Mm. Um,
0: so you're not too worried about at least no, your I'm not, type of work. No, unexpected. I'm not too worried. I
1: mean, there's Mercy Corps as a whole. is um, does get a lot of USAID funding. Right. So Mercy Corps is obviously at. an American NGO. Exactly. Which yeah.
0: and it's tied in, you know, closer to say the American government than other than European organizations. So exactly. Maybe yeah. it's not direct budgets this year, but you know, I imagine like language and priorities and. You know, dealing with the bureaucracy, it, is, yeah. it could it could affect things. You know, it the definitely type of work. can affect things, and yeah. affect obvi- and obviously we refugee resettlement things like the other that's yeah. the other more other it's other stuff. Yeah. So
1: here in the Jordan yeah. program, we have most of our funding is actually uh, besides that we just want a big USAID project, which is the biggest one in our portfolio. Mm. Uh, and that's and that's
0: gonna That should be fine. That's fine. Through. Yeah,
1: because that budget. Yeah, the budget for that project has already has already been set. Um, and then you also have—I mean, we're talking about a huge bud, aid budget. I think it was a few years ago it was twenty-four billion U.S. aid a year. Uh, last For year, was, Jordan. No total. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. last worldwide. year worldwide. Worldwide. Jordan 20, gets like eight hundred million, something like that. Yeah, I, I would think like it was last year. one billion. I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. Yeah. Exactly, it's it's huge. Um, and then you know, it's it, it always goes up and down and. It, but USA, I mean, it's been fairly it's gone down over the last three years from twenty four to twenty one. And um, but it does get bipartisan support. It's just different types of support. So Republicans tend to support kind of the big PEPFAR kind of AIDS, health and economic development mm. and not climate change, you know, that stuff. And then, yeah, Democrats, they they do other stuff. I mean, but it's, it's maybe so that the funding will shift. Um, and then there will be a new administration in a few years, you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah in the long term, true. I don't think it's going to be a, a huge impact. Okay,
0: so you're not too worried personally, but
1: I mean, what worries me is that the State um, Department, the State, <laughs> state not just that the that the U.S. has a you know their military budget, right? You know, hu- humongous military budget, and, and wants to in- and Trump wants to increase it by another, yeah, fifty billion or whatever it is, and it's just yeah what, yeah I mean, it also insane. worries me
0: that's a whole another yeah. podcast but right. i mean the the stats of what they're cutting i mean a lot of the cuts yeah. are going to be domestic cuts at all types of social programs yep. and, yeah uh, and exactly. we already we already spent
1: PBS oh. and, and like yeah a community. lot of
0: climate stuff parks um public yeah, so, broadcasting I mean, yeah yeah no a lot of that's really,
1: really 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 unique about america. america and i mean yeah
0: it's but it's also just priorities. It'll just be interesting to see. I mean, I think, yeah, I think Jordan will be hopefully not affected too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're winding down here. You get, you get some good information. So, um, but is there anything that organizations can do to fight back against the, the, the mentality um, of cutting aid? Um, of getting yeah, support definitely. for refugees, like with the Trump, has especially with his words, what he said, and what you know, the way that the,
1: the yeah, definitely what kind they, of
0: organizations do.
1: Well, actually, you know, Mercy Corps has a, a policy, has a policy uh, department based in Washington D.C., mm. and they work with you know all the people on the Hill. Um, they try to affect policy in mm. the U.S. government. Uh, and there a lot of other NGOs and contractors are doing that, too. And then they have a group called uh, is it called uh, interaction maybe called interaction, maybe something else. So it's 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 a, an association association of NGOs that come together and, mm-hmm. and, and, and try to uh, have, you know, a common policy and advocacy platform. Hmm. About the Says. needs, exactly these type of programs, what yeah. they're
0: doing, how effective they are. I mean, for stability, for you know, diplomacy, exactly, um, yeah. and uh, hopefully, obviously, the yeah, refugees as well. That's that's kind of it's a separate right. thing, but they're it's, they're connected, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you yeah yeah, that's, I know. Uh, <laughs> um, where do you see yourself in five years? Boom. Where would you like to work, and what kind of capacity? What will you, what what will you miss most about this region if you decide to leave it? That's a bunch of questions in one.
1: Yeah, I don't see myself here in five years. Ooh, okay. Um, maybe the region, um, but I haven't fallen in love with the uh, with with the region. Okay. Um, I like Jordan. But you, is, is that
0: part been... just because you love South America. <laughs> <laughs> Be honest. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, South America is really nice. <laughs> Who knows? You know, it's it's tough to say. Um, yeah, I I I don't know where I'll be in five years. Um, am I going to be? You know, one option is with Mercy Corps. I really like the organization, mm-hmm. so trying to continue to grow within Mercy Corps. Um, other ideas. Um, you know, trying to do my own thing. Some point, Um, then there's you know questions around um, you know starting family and wanting to be closer to family, Mm. which would either be in Ecuador or in in Austria. Always a challenge, you know, when you're (laughs) doing international work and you're you're, especially you know we have married to in Ecuador and her family's in Ecuador, so trying to split wherever whatever choice we make, it's never going to be perfect. You know, there's always going to be somebody who's far from Mm. from family. Um, so, but, you know, we'll probably be at some point in, in Ecuador and Austria closer to family because we miss them and yeah. we want also, you know, want our kids to grow up with our with their grandparents and so on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, that's, that's a struggle. I mean, that's one of the things, you know, people, they love the work over here, but it is tough being away from your family. A lot of people, a lot of people have young kids. Is there, do you have any, uh, one particular story from like a personal story from your work here in Jordan that kind of exemplifies what you do or uh, something funny or interesting that, that you like to tell?
1: There are some really cool hydroponic, uh, farming that's happening. Um, this was fun. So I went, I went to meet this agricultural company. And, um, the CEO of this company, we're having this conversation and they have hydroponic farms and doing contract farming. And we're, we're looking at potentially partnering with, so we had this conversation on, you know, what's the business like in the business environment and what's it work like to do the work he's doing. And we're, you know, we're in this back and forth and he suddenly, he just stops and looks at me and he says, has anybody ever told, told you you look like Jesus? <laughs> 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 and so, yeah, you know. That was a, that was you an interesting were you wearing a white robe that day <laughs> no, no. by chance? Like, oh, no. funny you say that. Right. Yeah, right, that. Well, I mean he did baptize
0: people in the Jordan River and not yep. too far away. Right. So. We're in the Holy Land. Yeah, man. Yeah. And then, and then you had it. That. And the conversation just continued after that?
1: No, and then we, we started <laughs> talking about Jordan and and, yeah. and culture and but you're yeah. like, alright, I like this guy. And now we're buddy buddy, so Good. oh man
0: yeah. well when you uh, when you learn to turn water into wine at Lawrence please call me but please do it in the next couple weeks So, yeah. alright man well uh, it was great it was great information I think it's really interesting stuff anything else you need, need to say or anything else I need to know am I missing
1: just uh, love you thanks for doing this <laughs> me <laughs> the people yes, Jordan love the people that are Foosball? listening football's good yep. alright cool good stuff man thank you Thanks for filling us in.
0: You. All right, see you.